Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy. I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. 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 I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she's tired. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bitt. Welcome to your weekly show of HBC Sports Lab as we go inside the numbers, bringing you all the HBC Sports business. Welcome to episode 385 Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports, institutions large and small from the NEIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on HBC sports culture, HBC athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs in the business of HBC sports. I'm your host, Dr. Yankoville, along with my co-host, Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, filming from our home studios and sending a signal live case away to a 30 a.m. studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. With that being said, Charles, how are you doing today? Doing well, Doc. Doing well. Can't wait to get into talking a little bit about this uh, baseball spring practice that we had. Did, did you see these football scores over the weekend in baseball? Oh, yeah. You ain't lying. <laughs> but I noticed that it's not just in the swag. I thought it was a swag thing, but I'm seeing a little bit all over the country. I didn't realize that they didn't juice the balls again or the bats or something uh, because these scores uh, are floating up in a way. Yeah. I'm not sure what that's quite about, but uh, uh, I'll keep an eye on it. Like you said, it was wild. It was wild. Very interesting uh, uh, to, to take a look at. So uh, I'm sure we'll get into it, get into a little, little bit of baseball talk this weekend. Very, very interesting weekend in Montgomery, Alabama. Man, man, those yeah. last four weeks in the East Division are going to be fascinating. But like you said, we'll get into that a little more in the second segment. With that being said, Mike, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm low, slow, and steady, baby. It's Monday. <laughs> I was going week, week, week after birthday week. All is well. 
um, get ready to hear about some, some of these spring sports. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball, a little bit about tennis, a little bit about this. We may even throw in some bowling if we're lucky. So I'm ready. I'm ready to jump back in it. I hear you, Mike. I want to just say appreciate you for letting us celebrate with you for your birthday, man. I tell you, man, that was, that was fun the other night. We'll have to make sure we keep it off the record in terms of how much wow. uh, how expensive you got in these days, man. I remember when I take you out for a pizza and a beer. I know, right? So no we, don't got, we, don't, we, don't, we don't we don't get a little bougie now. I mean, we ordering drinks with strange names to them, and, and we got to have our steaks a certain temperature. I just remember we just wanted the meat cooked. I'm like, <laughs> now now me got to have a strange temperature to it. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> oh, buddy, it wanted just perfect as they do it in them high state. Rent districts, boy. I tell you, I I, I I can't stand myself anymore. But I tell you, it was good. With Absolutely. that being said, let's jump into it as we shout out to those lab listeners, man. The boys got out on Friday. You know, we're so busy, we don't often get to do it. We're always trying to get and take care of the family, take care of work. This time, it was just about us celebrating us. So we wanted to spoil y'all a little bit and let y'all into a little bit about that. It, it was fun for sure. With that being said, Charles, what kind of news you have on your mind? Yeah, let's stop and let's take a look at the Baseball Weekly Honors in the Southwestern Athletic Conference as the SWAC is Tampa, Florida a Sebastian Greco, and Southern's Nicholas Wilson for SWAC Baseball Weekly Honors for their outstanding performances during this past week of conference play. So let's take a look at the hitter of the week. It is Sebastian Greco. He totaled a double two home runs while contributing a league-leading 12 RBIs during FAMU series against Mississippi Valley State this past week of competition. The pitcher of the week was Southern's Nicholas Wilson. He tallied the most strikeouts, 13 for a Southern pitcher during a single game in the past decade in a thrilling 6-5 win in 11 innings over Gremlin. He pitched a total of seven innings while allowing only one earned run. So those are your hitter and your pitcher of the week in the SWAT. Good stuff, good stuff. Mike, what you got on your mind? What's hot out there in the HBC sports world that you want to share? Man, ain't nothing, ain't nothing going on out there. No, seriously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, well, Shivery's like dead, but uh, I want to give kudos to to the ladies in, in, in softball, man. They are doing it. I mean, can you, can, can, can you really say doing it? Let's say doing it one more time. Okay, y'all ain't obliging me. So, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know you literally wanted to say it. I thought, I thought, it, was, I thought it was rhetorical. So, right. so, so since my since my my man CB covered the baseball, let's talk about the ladies. Let's talk about softball. Uh, Jerome, uh, we're gonna talk about the Southwest Southwest Athletic Conference has tabbed Alabama State's Kendall Duramas and Bailey Greenlee for softball weekly honors for the outstanding performance. Who's in first place in the East in softball, by the way? Now, uh, Alabama State. We'll talk about that later. The Ramos helped uh, lead the Lady Hornets <laughs> with a 3-1 uh, victory, including a win over Georgia Tech. Yeah, you heard me. Win over Georgia Tech in the midweek before capturing their series against Alabama AMU. So they beat the Yellow Jackets and they beat the Bulldogs. She hit six six seven from the lead spot. Now, if you hit six six seven from the lead spot, 
Normally, that's a cleanup type of batting average, but we'll go with it. Going eight for 12, six runs, scored a double, three ribbies, that's RBIs, three stolen bases. She did it all. I think she was even helping with the water. The Rams went two for three with ribbies, two runs, scored six uh, in the 6-4 win against Georgia Tech, 6-6-7. Six, six, Hitting 667. That means every 10 times she steps up, seven of those 10 times, She's going to hit a single, double, or something else. So, nice job to Duramas. Pitcher of the Week, Greenlee, helped the Lady Hornets to a 3-0 win, including a 6-4, the 6-4 win over Georgia Tech, capturing two wins in the Alabama AMU, uh, A&M uh, series. She worked five innings, allowing three runs on three hits with one strikeout against Georgia Tech. She went fifth, tossed 15 innings against the Bulldogs, going 2-0, with 24 strikeouts, two and zero with 24 strikeouts while allowing two runs on six hits. For those of you that don't keep up with stats or no softball or baseball stats, she did the damn thing. So congratulations to Greenlee and Duramus, the SWAC softball players of the week. Man, that's big time. Six don't. <laughs> Bad average of nearly 700%. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, my so goodness. Getting it done. But that being said, I'm going to go off and uh, go in there and say, uh, um, all the lab listeners, Lennon says, good evening, fellas. What's the deal with the Magic City Classic contract? It looks like some BS. I don't blame General Counsel of Alabama a for expressing her displeasure on behalf of the university. They need to have the games as a home and home. Great point. I think there are some people that would like to see it at home and home. But what I understood about the contract was not necessarily about having that home to home, even though some people would have some concerns in regards to could they get the same numbers? And if they got same numbers, could they put them in the facilities? Now, mm-hmm. Prairie View did in Texas Southern did something like that. Now, they weren't having 67,000 uh, in the last, last 20 years. Before that, 20, 25 years ago, they were having 45, 50, even 60,000. But it got down to where they were having 30, and they went to home. And while they have nice home crowds filling up 22 seat that stadium in Houston and then the 15,000 seat stadium in Prairie View, they have lost that. But the contract dispute, what I can tell, is more about the years. The city of Birmingham wants to do a four year contract. Alabama State wants to do a four-year contract and then signed off. Alabama A&M wants to do a two-year contract. Um, and they were feeling if they were rushed, they said they would just do a one-year contract. It was getting into the problem uh, in regards to them good market on it. So it's interesting. I did read today that they did sign. Now, I haven't had a chance to see if they signed. Uh, and more likely if they signed this early, it's probably they signed, went ahead and signed a four-year I don't know if they signed just the one year or they signed a two year uh, uh, part of the contract and both parties agreed just to do it for two years. I don't know. I have to get back with you on that information, but great points and great questions, Lennon. I wanted to get out there for public because a lot of people may have some thoughts on that in terms of what that looks like. But that's fascinating when you get in these classic. This is a partnership where you have both um, the universities sit on a council where they work with a uh, event management team and the city to do the Magic City Classic. And so fascinating to see how that works out. That's like 
you see the State Fair Classic or the Sheridan Heritage Classic where you have a straight motor that essentially just pays out uh, money to the participating school. And we've seen a little bit and got into those contracts based on uh, these Prairie View uh, and Grambling. And then obviously with Sheridan Southern Heritage, we saw that with Jackson State and Tennessee State. So it's fascinating when you want to get into a little bit of what it means to negotiate these contracts. When we talk about the business of sports, you see what it looks like and how tenuous it can be at times. With that being said, Charles, anything else you wanted to add in there before we get into our first break? Well, yeah, I did want to send kudos out to two tennis programs as uh, Florida A&M. Uh, they defeated Jackson State to win the SWAC championship uh, in tennis. Uh, to claim the 2023 Women's Swim, uh, SWAC Women's Tennis Championship. And also, kudos goes out to Alabama State as they claim back-to-back -back titles uh, in tennis as the Alabama State Hornets defeated Jackson State 4 to love uh, on this past Sunday. So uh, when we take a look at the Commissioner Cup standards, they're getting a little tighter. Uh, Jackson State in first place with 123.5 points. Alabama State now with 119 points in second place. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, interesting. It's fascinating. You're talking about those tracks that Alabama State gets it done. Obviously, basketball, Jackson State gets it done on the women's side. But when you talk about volleyball and now tennis, damn, mm -hmm. he was getting in there and taking care of those points. But the thing is, although they didn't win the championship, Jackson State made it to the semifinals. So that's more yep. points. Right. You get for finishing second versus finishing lower than that. So it'll be interesting to see, as you said, on the women's side, for sure, as things are tightening up, who will get it down the stretch? It looks like, obviously, the outdoor track and field is going to go a long way in determining what that looks like. So we'll keep our eyes on that as that gets coming up in a little bit. Uh, but did want to tease out when you talk about baseball, it looks like Ricky Burton is excited about the fact that Grambling went two out of three to Southern, and that was in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I mean, that was in Baton Rouge. Yeah, great weekend. That was in Baton Rouge. Get four out of two out of, I mean, two out of three from your rival. And that means overall, they've taken four out of the six. So yep. they win the series. It's a big time, big time when you look at that in terms of what's going on there. Let me go to you, Mike. Any other things else that you wanted to share as we get into this? Yeah, I, I I don't know if we had a chance to cover, you know, cover golf back back last week. But just in case we didn't, congrat congratulations again to Texas Southern's women. They claim back-to-back SWAC titles. However, uh, uh, they were the coach of the year. Misha Levester from Prairie View A&M, uh, low medalist uh, Saddam uh, Centinoa from uh, Texas Southern, freshman low medalist uh, Taia Katiurat from Alabama State, and then if you look on the uh, all-swag first team uh, for uh, golf, you have basically all Texas Southern and Prairie View A&M with Sadanam, uh, Ashley Hobbs from Texas Southern, uh, Takia, or Taika, I'm sorry, Olivia Blip, uh, Billups from Prairie View A&M, Taylor Harvey from Prairie View A&M, Emma Hasty from Bethune, the only one from the East on that all swag uh, golf team. So congratulations to ladies golf. Didn't want to, didn't know if we caught that last week or not, but I wanted to give kudos to Texas w Southern's women's golf for their back-to-back -back swag titles, but to the coach of the year, Misha LaVister uh, from Prairie View A&M second year, she's doing it. 
Man, you know Charles was not going to let a golf championship get by us without them putting out there. I understand, Mike. You just want to give the love to the prayer. I want to give some more love. That's so, all. <laughs> so that's all right. We're not mad at you. That was pretty I want to give some more love. I'm guilty. Back-to-back swag titles, talking about back-to-back championships for women's golf. Alabama State does it in tennis on the men's side. As they get it done, kudos to Alabama State Hornets for winning the men's uh, tennis tournament. With that being said, we'll take our first break. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll get into some of that ping of the bat as Burton is jumping in here and laughing and saying we should have swept them. So two out of three wasn't enough. Ooh, Four out of six, he, he, he wanted to get, bring out the broom. Get, getting he spicy. good about it, sir. They let, one, they let one off the hook. Coach Gramlin coming in there, and they're playing some good baseball. Credit yeah. to the Gramlin State Tigers. Yeah, we'll be right back after this first break. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentJAX. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden and Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lock So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Let me get some of these scores for you in terms of what took place, uh, what was going on in there. I'm going to start with Northeast Conference, and I'm going to keep it simple. It was not a good weekend for the HBCU programs in the NEC, so I'm not even going to break down the scores. It just it just didn't go that way. But when we look at our other independent, in terms of the Colonial, um, North Carolina A&T had their best weekend as a member of the Colonial as they brought out the brooms against Maryland. Mary and Williams, excuse me, Mary, I should say, as they swept them, three, taking three games this weekend. So kudos to A&T coming out there as uh, they were playing some good baseball and getting it done in terms of what that looks like. Let me give you some of these updates in terms of what that meant for the SWAT. 
And you'll see some of these scores as they continue to blue. Uh, first game over here for FAMU at home, host the Mississippi Valley. They went 13-5. You had a close one, though, between Jackson State and Alabama A&M, relatively speaking. For some, this was an upset. We came into this game saying Jackson needed the sweep. Well, they lose the first one, 6-3, to three, uh, in that matchup to the Bulldogs. Texas Southern, uh, 10 runs, rules Arkansas Pine Bluff 17-7, while Prairie View, Eats out one against Alcorn State, four to one. Alabama State, 10 runs. Bethune Cookman, 14 to four. And Southern gets the first one against Grambling, six to five on that Friday. As things get interesting moving forward, we move into Saturday. And you actually have a doubleheader as Arkansas Pine Bluff and Texas Southern were trying to get ahead of the rain that was coming in Houston on a Sunday. So they played two on Saturday. First matchup, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Gets a little bit of a revenge with Texas Southern 15-9. But in the second contest, Texas Southern gets it done in a close one, 6-4. So they take two out of three on Arkansas Pine Bluffs and continue to move. On Saturday, Jackson State comes back and punishes Alabama A&M 14-8. You have Grambling get a little bit of revenge as they just squeak out again. Nice pitching match up here. Uh, Charles, you'll appreciate this one. They win 3-2. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that matchup, Prairie View loses a game to Arkansas. I mean, Alcorn State in that matchup. They had to lead late in that game. I happened to be there and literally walked away as they score six runs in the bottom of uh, the eighth inning. I go over there uh, as they take a five-run lead. I go over there to see softball in Texas Southern. I walk over there just in time as I see Prairie View hit a home run as they were Beating up on Texas Southern at that point, eight to one. Deuce is ready to go to see some football. So we walk back. So I'm walking as I'm walking cat corner across from softball, getting into the football stadium. And you can see the backside of the baseball field from the outfield. I look over there and I was like, why are they still on the field in the dugout? Because <laughs> mm. like, it's a, I look up at the scoreboard, it's two outs. <laughs> they got a preview, still has a slight two-run lead, they get a ball hit to the shortstop as I'm watching and, and pause for a minute. We get in there and Deuce is all into it now. He said, what happened? I said, man, they still playing. Two outs, they couldn't get out the end. I said, they got wow. second and third. <laughs> so the guy hits the shortstop, uh, doesn't put enough in the ball, uh, short hands it, the first baseman can't dig it out. Two-run score, and they set up, obviously, to tie the game. Uh, at the next bat as they hit it to left field, the guy, right field, I should say, guy tries to make a diving play, uh, hits at the bottom base of his glove, but bounces right out the glove. I mean, all the Braves tied up, 9-9, it goes the extra inning. Then they really do it to them. They come back next inning and uh, they put up five, five spots. As Prairie View can only answer with one, so they lose that one. Uh, FAMU dominates Valley putting up 16 runs, but Valley does fight, putting up 12. And then you have one where Alabama State comes from behind after giving up eight runs in the first inning. Uh, they get a seven inning themselves, and then they come back later in the game and get two runs to win 14 to 13, giving you some indication of what Charles was talking about, some of these big run scores. To close it out on Sunday, you have Alabama State that sweeps Bethune-Cookman, which was – Wild to me, it was hard to believe. It was a close one as they come from behind to get this one as well, six to five. 
Grambling takes two out of three over Southern winning 13 to six as they pound them. Prairie View gets a little payback to take two out of three from the Braves, pounding them 20 to 10. Uh, another one of those football scores, as we should say, FAMU. Uh, Pounds Valley, 11 to four. And then Jackson State takes two out of three after FAMU sweeps Valley, I should note. Uh, Alabama A&M loses to Jackson State. That's 15 to seven as Jackson State gets the last two games, winning two out of three. Let me go to you, Mike. What are your thoughts in terms of what's taking place in the SWAC? As things are getting interesting, as you look at who leads in the conference, it'll be fascinating going down the stretch. Oh, no, the one that catches my eye is Alabama State now. Uh, you know, now really, really, to be honest, they're starting to step, you know, they started two weeks ago, this this little motion, and we talked about their pitching, and now their bats are, are stepping up, and now they're 15-3. and three. Of course, Flamu is 15-3. and three as well, but I think you see Alabama State's going to start pulling away from the rest of the crowd with maybe one or two others falling close behind. In the West, it's a close, it's it's a dead man's race. It could be Grambling, it could be Prairie View. Um, you could you still have Texas Southern in the middle. Um, what The other thing that gets me is this ground pound uh, football scores. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a faction of bats coming to the fray or pitching arms, lack of pitching or pitching arms getting tired. You don't know mm. which one that is. So mm. I think it's, it's interesting. I think it will reveal itself in the next three, four, five games. Most teams have about eight or nine games until the end of the season. So you wonder how teams are going to match those arms and who's going. And you're going to see some batting averages jump up, and you're going to see some jump down. So we'll see. Good stuff, good stuff. Charles, what? What were your thoughts in terms of this weekend? What stood out to you? Uh, what stood out to me, let's go back to Friday night and uh, go back to Alabama State and Bethune Cookman. Uh, you had two of the better pitchers uh, in the league pitching in that game. Uh, Omar, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Omar Melendez uh, for Alabama State was pitching against uh, Nolan Santos for Bethune Cookman. And very interesting, Alabama State jumped all over Nolan Santos. Nolan Santos, uh, he has a 3.86 ERA coming into that game. Uh, and I tell you what, uh, he leads the swag in strikeouts as well. Alabama State was able to jump all over him. He had uh, gave up eight runs in that game. Alabama State had four home runs in that game. So uh, very significant psychologically when you talk about uh, two aces going against each other. And Omar Melendez was able to get the better uh, of the pitching uh, on that Friday night, 14-4 win for Alabama State. Alabama State with the sweep of Bethune-Cookman. That's what really stands out uh, to me uh, because when you take a look at it with their first matchup, Bethune-Cookman took two of three from Alabama State. So uh, turnabout was fair play in the Denver this weekend. So huge weekend, especially taking a look at the Aces whenever they pitch. So I'm, I'm very tuned in on Friday night, especially when you see names like Omar Melendez from Alabama State, Abraham DeLeon from Texas Southern, uh, Dominic Martinez from Texas Southern, uh, Sebastian Coyone. He got picked up a win and a save this weekend uh, for Alabama State, uh, who's the number four pitcher uh, in the swag. And then you have Nola Santos rounding out the top five pitcher for Bethune-Cookman. So uh, to have a, that, that type of pitching going against Friday and Alabama State to really come out on top like they did, that raised an eyebrow for me. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, before we get into this break, I just want to get uh, some updates. I'm getting hot updates. Uh, as I said earlier, in terms of the Magic City contract was signed, it was signed into 2026. So it looks like that's a three-year extension. Um, 
when you look at 2023, unless you're talking about it from 2022, I guess then that's four years. So they agreed on that. Financial is my understanding both schools receive 500K, just uh, half a million dollars. Pretty significant. I think it's about a $150,000 raise from what they were receiving previously. So good you know, negotiation from that perspective. Uh, great payout. You know, that's more than what you get traditionally playing these FBS programs. Mm. Um, unless you're playing really some of the uh, bigger power fives, you might get a little higher than that. But average in terms of FBS, uh, you're above that. Mendoza line. So that's pretty big when you talk about that. So fascinating in terms of what that looks like. Let me sneak this in here just to get your thoughts on this before we move into that break since I brought it up again. Any thoughts in terms of at least the number there, the half a million dollars for each school, starting with you, Mike? Any thoughts in terms of that number, if it is correct? Obviously, the source uh, is Mo, uh, who obviously uh, covers that area. So I believe that that's uh, pretty relatively correct in terms of reliable, uh, in terms of that number. Yeah. So I guess I'd have to ask what, what are the, some of the other terms? Because this is a, a big venue. So 500,000 to both teams guaranteed, you know, compared to, you know, what's normal. I don't know. I, I know they do the marketing. Uh, like I said previously, I think they were getting uh, in the last deal like 350 of schools. Part of that is straight payout. Some of that is in yeah. scholarships. Uh, but they do pretty much all the marketing. They get the facility there for uh, relatively no cost. I think maybe almost like a basically a dollar. That includes some of the um, policing of the area, obviously tailgating. Um, it doesn't at least in terms of the last contract, it didn't include uh, the money made from parking or the money made uh, from the concession stands. That's the part mm. I'm getting. So most schools get that. Some of the responsibilities are taken over by another agency, almost like turn. Is it turnkey where you have them taking over security? Some of the other. Oh yeah, they they do it all. It's nothing that the and they just show up essentially. They're able to sell some tickets directly, but uh, other than that, yeah, they just show up. And you get the I, – I, I say – I mean, I'm, there's some events that they have to be at and stuff of that nature, but absolutely, that, yeah. I say I'm, I'm, I'm starting to raise my hand, and I'm very intrigued that those are the keys to it. If you have someone come in, can take some of the ancillary services off the hands of the, the responsibilities off the school from a contractual basis, and I got to show up, play the game – and I got to show up to maybe a few pregame events, then that's advantageous. It, it looks like it's advantageous to me to both universities. So Good stuff, good stuff. Charles, what are your thoughts? I'm curious about the le uh, the leveraging aspect in terms of who had leverage in terms of negotiations. Um, Magic City Classic, when you talk about playing it uh, in this uh, venue in Birmingham and over, over 65,000 people coming to Birmingham for this event that's more than a game, uh, was was there really leverage in terms of uh, making it a home-and-home? Home? So I, I guess I was... Yeah, I, I think in some cases you could you could use the leverage of making it home-and-home home because um, although you are not going to get the same amount of people, remember, remember you play it there, you're splitting it um, every mm -hmm. year, yeah. right? You play it at home, uh, 
obviously you get the advantage of even though you might get less of a crowd, you basically get all all the revenue, yeah, all the revenue, all the revenue directly, other than what you put into the, in terms of your own expenses. So I think you do have some leverage that even though most people probably would think that you not want to do it, but you can play hardball and leverage it out and said, hey, you know, we'll take it home if we can't get what we think is fair to us. So I would say in that matters is a great question. I think you do have some ability to leverage. I think part of the way they leverage is to say that they were going to uh, do a shortened deal. I think there was some also some leverage in terms of where they were going to play the game uh, in regards to which stadium. I think they did, uh, particularly Alabama A&M, it looks like, uh, really leveraged this as much as they want. Alabama State leveraged, and as they got up a little bit, I think they were comfortable and they were ready to sign. Uh, A&M took it to the ninth hour, which always helps in a negotiation in terms of leverage, just to make the other people think that you may do something that they're not make expecting. Them, make them sweat a little bit, yeah. So. So great question when you ask that in terms of the leverage, but that's why I would say they do have some of it. Let's mm. jump back, take our second break, come back on the other side. We'll talk about the matchups coming up this weekend, give you some updates of the standings and see what you think as things get going. I also want to talk a little bit about the scheduling. Something I noticed a little different about the East schedule versus the West schedule. We'll talk about that on the other side when we come back after this second break. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Free driving offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class. Yeah, it runs. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Press the analytic data with your hip hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they wanna lock yeah. And who the ball, ball So listen to Professor Yes sir And pay attention Cause he gon' teach a lesson Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. I want to give a little bit of update uh, before we get back into baseball and talk about what's going on this week. I would be remiss if I didn't show a little love to the women in terms of softball. Uh, things continue to go well. Uh, I know you talk a little about Alabama State and Bethune-Cookman in terms of just how close that race is, uh, as well as Alabama A&M when you talk about uh, Alabama State leading the East Division 14-7, winning two straight games. Uh, Bethune-Cookman is a game behind in the loss column as well as in the win column sitting at, at 13 and 8. And you have Alabama A&M tied with Bethune-Cookman with eight losses. But 
behind them in terms of a win. A&M has lost two straight, uh, which puts FAMU back in the hunt at 11-9. They also have lost two straight. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see that third, fourth spot because Jackson State is still in the hunt as they're at 11 and 10. So three games between Alabama State and Jackson State for that fourth spot at, in there in terms of what that looks like behind. The West is locked up as Prairie View is sitting at 19 and 1. They won two straight games as they continue to play masterful softball, getting it done against Texas Southern. One of the games that rained out, but they did get two of them in there. Groundland is behind them at 13 and 7. And then you have Texas Southern and Alcorn tied at 9 and 11. And just outside of that is Southern at 8 and 13 in terms of trying to get the top spot as the top four teams in each division goes. It's fascinating. You got a couple of weeks left as you start getting prepared as the um, softball tournament is right in front of us uh, with not too much left. As you're going in there, you actually have one more uh, series uh, for everybody involved. For Prairie View, they go to Southern uh, to close it out. So it's a tough one that Southern has to do is they're trying to get in. That's a tough road to handle. At least they can say they have it at home. Uh, if they can get it done, they'll be playing some good baseball going into – I mean, softball going into the tournament. I'm fascinated to see what that looks like in terms of the end-of-season race for softball as you crank it up there. In terms of Alabama State, what they have left closing it out, uh, they travel uh, to Mississippi Valley. Uh, they're sitting in last spot in the conference, so uh, they have a chance to hold on and clinch the East Division. A sweep would assure them anything less puts it in play uh, with Bethune-Cookman as they go to Huntsville at Alabama A&M, which is a tough series in terms of what it looks like there. So I'm fascinated to see what that looks like a little bit on softball. When you talk about the MEAC, Morgan State continues to play some good baseball. You're coming into uh, that race in a lot of ways. But before I say something about that, any thoughts from you, Charles, in terms of softball after I just broke down in terms of those races as things close up this last weekend for the SWAC before they get ready for the tournament? Yeah, before they get ready for the tournament. But uh, to me, when you kind of just take a look at it, especially Prairie View 19-1 at conference play, uh, they have just separated themselves in terms of being one of the top programs uh, in softball. So it'll be very interesting to see what Prairie View does over there in the West and Alabama State, where they can continue their forward momentum over there in Swack East. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of softball? Obviously, your Prairie View Panthers, Lady Panthers, playing really well. Um, anything stands out besides what they're getting done in terms of softball for the sweat? No, the the team effort. Um, I like the way they're pitching. Their overall team at, uh, pitching ERA has moved up. They started like number six or seven in the SWAC. Now they've moved up to number three. So that's, you know, that's you know, as, as much as possible, that's growth. Um, and, and, you know, they pretty much, they we kind of glossed over it. But I like my man in the chat, Mr. Silas, PV, you know, they clinched the West. I think we should acknowledge that. Um, <laughs> and then Alabama State, they got it easy. They got Valley. Valley's like one in a million. So we were like, we're talking about if they win, uh, don't, don't give me this. Every now and then, Valley comes up with a win. This is Alabama State. They got Valley for three in a row. <laughs> they go two and three. It's a simple match. 
Bethune has the matchup. So man, we talking about football and softball. No, we talking about softball. Alley has a chance. Now you want to get into softball? We talking about softball. Don't give me. We talking about Valley? Real Valley? (laughs) Practice. Anyway, so we we talking about you know A and M. Uh, against a you know against a solid Bethune, that is going to be your telltale matchup to me right that right there. See who does it? How can Bethune do it? They're leading the league in hitting, but you know you got to say Alabama and M is right there. This is in Huntsville, so they got to do it on the road. So to me that's to me that's a telltale sign um, of how all three or four top teams. You know, the two in the uh, West, two in the East are going to look going into the playoffs. I'm sorry, the comments. Good, stuff, good uh, stuff. Yeah, so it'll, it'll, we'll see. No, I agree with you, knocking it out. I want to go into MIAC. The schedule sets out perfectly for the MIAC. Check this out <laughs> Morgan State is in first place. They're sitting at 11 and four. Norfolk State is in second place, sitting at 12 and five. You have North Carolina Central sitting at 11 and five. You have Maryland Eastern Shore in fourth at eight and eight. And just for disparity, Howard sitting at eight and nine. But Morgan State travels to North Carolina Central uh, with a literally a game difference and only in the loss column this weekend. And you have Norfolk State staying at home hosting Maryland Shore at eight and three. So it can get really intriguing at the top. Uh, for example, uh, you can get North Carolina Central taking two out of three which means that Morgan State would finish at, at 12 and 6, and North Carolina Central would finish at 13 and 6. And then it comes down to maybe Norfolk State sneaking in there if they can get the sweep against Maryland Eastern Shore to actually win the division. So it's going to be fascinating, Morgan State, uh, to, to make sure they get it in their own path they actually need to sweep North Carolina Central, which is going to be a tough pass on the road. So not only do they got to find a way to get two out of three to make sure they hold on the first place and hope they get some help from Norfolk State, but it can get fascinating in terms of that looks like because Morgan State, they take two and three. They finish again at 13 and five. Norfolk State sweeps. They finish at 15 and five. So percentage breakdown is going to come in there. I uh, thought it was fascinating in terms of what that looks like quickly. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of the MEAC going down oh. to this final weekend to find out who's going to win it uh, overall uh, as they be, head into the tournament? Ought to be really exciting, Doc. <laughs> he talked about AD as he said MEAC. <laughs> but it can't be time. So it can't be that much. All right, uh, right. Giving a shout out to AD Drew. Mike, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I think you. I think you paid an interesting scenario. I think. Uh, I gotta. I, <laughs> I gotta look at one thing. To me, stands out. One data point. You can look at all of these matchups. Who's got to go where? Who's got on the road? What you say? Morgan State's got to go. You know they got to go to Cary, North Carolina. So what? Um. <laughs> You look, you look at the top pitching. It's Morgan Central State. Central has lost four straight. Say what? Central has uh, lost four straight. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then you and then you look at who Norfolk State's got to play. Yes, they get to stay at home. Whoop tee. 
<laughs> so they got <laughs> they got Maryland Eastern Shore, Maryland Eastern Shore. They're five hundred in the conference and twelve and a million overall. Um, I think Norfolk State's got the better bet, best pitching, Norfolk State. So you 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 would think that they have the edge in this matchup because they stay at home. They got Maryland Eastern Shore. Morgan State's got a very tough North Carolina Central team, whose batting average, team batting average, goes un, unnoticed as well. So you know you kind of give a slight edge to Norfolk State, but we'll see. I agree with your, your synopsis, but at the end of the day, it's going to be two teams: Morgan State, Norfolk State, at the end. So and I like that. all this is all this is no. Void. This sounds like a Batman setup. Will Morgan State come and beat him? Will Norfolk State come? <laughs> we'll see. Tune in next week. We'll, it's going to be Morgan State, Norfolk State at the end. I defer to my colleague from Prairie View. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, I'll say in this uh, segment before we go to our final segment and talk about the baseball matches for this final week, as Charles has tapped out a little bit. Let me give you top five here in terms of BCSN. Uh, from this past weekend. Hey man, who, who did this one? This is Black College Sports Network, top five, AD. This is, remember, a computer-generated top five. That's why this I just wanted to restate it. Who did this yeah, ranking? I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm going to give you a top five. There are some teams in the hunt, but I'm giving you a top five. Number five is Grambling State. Remember, they're sitting in the second place in the Eastern, I mean, the Western Division behind Prairie View. Grambling State sits in, five, in the fifth spot. 27 and 16 and 1, 12 and 6 in the conference race, 55.03 points. They were in the hunt last week, so they jumped in the top five. At number four, Alabama State, 25 and 19, 13 and 756.43 points. As they're at the top of the East Division, they move up a spot. At number three, just talk a little bit about it. Norfolk State sitting at 22 and 17, 12 and 5, 58.76 points. They stay at number three. You hear the similar refrain as we go to number two, which is Morgan State. And I gave you a little hint in terms of what they have to do in their final weekend. Got your thoughts on that. They're at 22 and 19. Uh, conference race is 11 and four, as we said. 59.61. They remain in two spot. And number one, as you know, Prairie View A&M is 23 and 16, 19 and 1. 69.23 points remain at the first spot as they get it done in terms of this weekend. Let's go into our last break. We'll be right back on the other side, tell you about these matchups. Again, I got a little tease. I'm interested in what FAMU has to do to close out the season. They have an intriguing schedule when you look at what goes on in the East compared yeah. to the West. I have to do a little more research on the back to see, was this the coaches that set this up? I love it if that was the case. Or was this the conference that did that? I can't believe it's the conference because um, they tend to do what we've always seen where you have Half of your games played in one direction, the first half of the season, and then it flips. That is not the case for the Eastern Division. But that said, mm. stick with us. After this break, we'll come back on the other side, give you our last segment, and then we'll give it a close. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us.
Don't worry, Ma. We'll be there soon. We? Is this the one? Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. Come here. Definitely the one. <laughs> Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lock, yeah, and who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Alright. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Mike, let's talk about some of these uh, weekend games coming up in the SWAC. Uh, I think mm. we got some fascinating matchups uh, are going down. But one of the things that was interesting in me, uh, for me, I should say, was FAMU. As they play late into the second part of the season, as I was teasing in, in terms of those matchups. So we'll get a little talk. We'll do that. But before I do that, let me start out this segment with giving you the top five uh, this week for Black College Sports Network in terms of the computer rank. Sitting at number five is Texas Southern. Uh, Texas Southern, 24 and 15, 10 and 6. They took two out of three from Pamela, as we talked about earlier in the show, 52.67. Uh, they sit and remain at number five. And number four, you got Grambling State, 18 and 20, 13 and 4, sitting at the top of the Western Division, uh, 55.9 points. They took two out of three from Southern on the road, but they remain at number four. We got a new number one this week, as previous number one, Bethune Cookman, actually falls. Bethune Cookman falls to 20 and 18, 11 and 5, 59 and 40. After they were riding sky high, uh, they come into Montgomery, play some very competitive games, but they can't get even one of them. So they have lost three straight in terms of conference race there. Tough weekend for the Wildcats. It'll be interesting to see how they close out the season, but they fall from number one as they're at number three. Bringing us to number two. Damn you, Florida AM, 21 and 18, 15 and 3. They sweep Mississippi Valley, 64.46. They move up a spot from number three, bringing us to do number one. Some surprise you based at what we talked about all show. Alabama State is number one, 27 and 14, 15 and 3, 69.04 points. Moving up from the two spot to number one, they get it done. They're number one in the rankings. Uh, Mike, do you agree with BCSN, Black College Sports Network's ranking? No. Did you say Texas Southern is in the top five? Yeah, they're number five. And they are number three, not one, not number two, but number three in the West, and Prairie View is not in there. <laughs> oh. what, what kind of what kind of fun? Prairie, Prairie View, 
I wasn't going to give it in the hunt, but since you brought it up, Prairie View is two slots out. They would be essentially number seven. They are in the hunt, 16, oh, wow. 23, 12, and 5. In, in the hunt, they're twelve and five in the conference, and Texas Southern is ten and six. That means they won. They won two more games. That's it. I agree. I agree with Alabama State. They they've climbed. I think they should be number one. I I, I agree that Bethune should have fallen. I agree with all that. I don't know about this Texas Southern thing. We got to talk. I don't know what kind, is that algorithm. Now, now remember, this does incorporate your non-conference schedule. Uh, so Texas Southern has played maybe a stronger non-conference schedule in the Prairie View. Maybe that's part of it. You also got to consider that the second part of the series uh, not played, you had Texas Southern taking two out of three from Prairie View from the first yes. three matches. That was in Houston. So maybe that's part of it. But great points made by Mike. Mike thinks Prairie View should be in top five, Texas Southern in the hunt out. Charles, what are your thoughts? Uh, I like where Mike is going on that. Uh, Prairie View uh, sitting in, you know, uh, one, two right behind Grandma brings up an intriguing matchup this weekend as Prairie yeah. View goes to Grandma. Uh, so that should be a really fun series. Uh, all eyes for me this weekend, uh, Dr. Phil, are going to be, of course, that this is the first matchup between Alabama State and Florida A&M. Florida A&M going to Montgomery. And Absolutely. as you mentioned, you know, Alabama State, they close things out in Tallahassee to, on the back end of the season, but very intriguing matchup as, as Florida A&M was uh, the beneficiary of Alabama State sweeping Bethune Cookman last week. So now we get this matchup, and again, I look to Friday night as the Aces uh, go against each other as uh, we get our opportunity to see Omar Melendez uh, eight wins on the season going up against uh, probably Caleb Granger, I would imagine, who has uh, who is second in the SWAC in terms of wins. He has seven wins. So, uh, And then you have uh, another pitcher for Florida A&M, Hunter Beeks, who I think is a pretty good pitcher uh, in the SWAC as well. Uh, and then you'll have, uh, you know, on the back end for Alabama State, you have uh, Sebastian Collion, who is uh, one of the top uh, relievers in the SWAC. He has three saves in the SWAC, I believe. Uh, the top uh, pitcher in terms of saves in the SWAC has five. So uh, pretty good pitching matchups this weekend, especially with Alabama State and Florida a and But, again, it sees Alabama State hot bats going up against uh, pitching that isn't quite there. I believe Florida a is sixth or seventh in the conference in terms of pitching. Absolutely. You got improved pitching in FAMU against top pitching in Alabama State. You yeah. got hot batting, team batting average 350 uh, for Alabama State versus a lower team batting average for FAMU. Good matchup, but, man, we'll see how these – because they're going to bring their best pitching, you know, with this matchup. So I'm with you, CB. This this matchup will, will tell us a lot. It also yeah. goes back to that question that we asked at the beginning of the season. FAMU, Bethune coming in. Only Alabama State and Jackson State have been at the top. Who's going to reign supreme this year? Mm. Now, look at listen to the back end of this schedule. Uh, this is what we kind of doubt. Alabama State and FAMU played twice in four weeks. Um, and it's fascinating. Usually you, have, you play the series – one in the first five games of the season and then one in the last five games. So the scheduling framework is different in the East than you see in the West. Yeah. Um, as you say, FAMU travels to Montgomery this weekend. We saw what this place place, but then they go host Jackson State in terms of Jackson State needing those victories to make sure they secure the fourth spot. Mm -hmm. Then they have their rival, it is at home against Bethune-Cookman that's playing well, even though they lost three to Alabama State. But then you have the final matchup where they host 
Alabama State at home. Well, you're talking about a gluttony of series at the end of the season in terms of how yeah. things set up yeah. uh, in terms of the teams. And I'm fascinating that you see Alabama State and fam, you face each other, you know, six games in four weeks. Fascinating yeah. how that matches up. Um, and I'm sure this was purposeful. I'm curious to who set it up. I think it was the coaches. And if you want the actions and everything to be really purposeful, you can't beat this in terms of preparing yourself for the tournament and getting ready for the matchup. And just to have the interest of fans like us, particularly um, with this, what we do to talk about it, it gives us something really to get into baseball to talk about. So I'm fascinated with that. I want to hear both of y'all's thoughts on that, starting with you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of scheduling uh, like this in regards that you play what is perceived at the beginning of the year to be two of the three of the top teams in probably the division? And really, in this case, a lot of people would say you're playing three for FAMU of the top teams in the Eastern Division in four weeks. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, you love these matchups down the stretch. Uh, especially with regards to uh, uh, some of these teams, and, and and what I'm what I'm going to be really really curious about is the momentum from the series going into the swag tournament mm-hmm. uh, to see uh, who carries that momentum. Whether there's some late inning magic, and you know, and it's just funny. You just never know how those demons kind of play out once you get to the swag tournament. Uh, and so it's very fascinating once you start taking a look at uh, these matchups uh, toward the back end of the season. And who carries that momentum into the SWAC tournament? Because uh, you never know an error that happened two weeks ago, whether that's playing into your head in the SWAC tournament. So it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. So very true. Mike, what are your thoughts on the scheduling uh, framework that we just broke down? I, I think what I think is very unique. I think it brings parity. But I also want to see how they arrange their – pitching rotations because you got very competitive teams. You want to get a win, you know, whereas in the West, if you're playing, you know, a lesser team, you you may have a little bit more control to rest some of your better pitchers. You don't have as much mm-hmm. now. And then from here, you're going to springboard into, you know, the, the tournament. I'd be interested to see how that works. Uh, it's really going to test the depth of your pitching depth. And depending on where you are in the standings, do I want you to see my better pitching exactly. uh, right before we get to the swag tournament? That, that's, that's, I think that that's going to be very interesting to see because that, that, if I start crazy. getting into your patterns and stuff in that last yeah. week and then I get to see it again next the following week, that's that, that's an interesting strategic yeah. uh, uh, chess piece there to have. Yeah, if I'm Alabama yeah, State. especially for your batters to be able yeah. to get that extra swings and excitement. Uh, exactly. Am I going to play my best pitchers or am I going to play somebody else? And yeah, knowing that I may see this team, a very competitive team in the in the tournament. So yeah. I, that, that that what that's what intrigued me. My middle relievers might get a couple stars that weekend. Exactly. Let me ask this this last question, you know, real quickly in terms of in football, obviously winning division is important because you get to play for the championship game. In this case, obviously you have multiple teams that go into the uh, tournament. You have all eight. But does this also put more value in terms of winning the Eastern Division, Western Division in terms of the regular season? Charles? That's a tough question in terms of scheduling in this format. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that, that's, 
It, 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 to me, it depends on who has the momentum down the stretch. I mean, because for me, I really don't want to see Texas Southern first. <laughs> uh, they, they just make things happen in the SWAG tournament. <laughs> I really don't want to see Southern if they're in there because they just find Lady and Magic out of nowhere. So I don't, I don't know how quite to answer it because there are just some teams I really don't want to see first day because I'm on my heels already, and that scares me. <laughs> Mike, what are your thoughts? That's interesting. I, I think for me, it's more so about momentum than about winning. I If I'm second in the East, coming in, but I have all the momentum and I just lost because I lost this one game, but I get my team has momentum, my pitching staff. I'd rather see that in baseball. It's a little bit different than football than winning the North of the, you win the, you win the East, you win the East. It's done. You go on to the championship, whatever here, you got a playoff. You, you've got it essentially a playoff system and, 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 and what you call a tournament. And you may see these teams again, you want, momentum going into that you want strength you want pitching depth you want you want them other that other team guessing a little bit so if I finish second going into the tournament to me that I, I'm okay with that I'm good with that you know I I think the parity but I'm okay with that I think strategically what you said is right on point but something tells me about these coaches after interviewing me here a couple of times they're extremely competitive. I think they like the idea of winning their division uh, mm. coming into that number one seed. And so, yeah, there's a little thing. And I think in a lot of ways they figure, hey, no matter where we seed it, certainly want the momentum. If you win the division, you'd like to think that you have a lot of momentum going in anyway. And you can't control where somebody may finish in the other division. So right. a lot of ways you'd like, let's get in there. But I think those are great points. And it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And if we get a chance to ask the coaches how valuable uh, they think winning a division is uh, as we get into tournament play. With that being said, we'll call it a close for the night. Thank you for listening inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make, you share, make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to NC to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday right here at 6 o'clock. We'll be back on Thursday with the latest news uh, to bring in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Bill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon, Charles. Horse. Mike. Lecture. Dismissed.